This is a Suno India production and you're listening to Pinjra Thorkar. हमारे कम्युनिटी में तो मतलब लड़कियों को पढ़ने नहीं देते ज्यादातर घर में बिठा देते और चाइल्ड मैरिज करा देते घर पे जाते सारे लड़कियां बाहर ना निकलना ये ऐसी सोच है लड़की दिस इज 18 ईयर ओल्ड नेहा फ्रॉम हसन सागर इन हैदराबाद बचपन में स्कूल जाते थे खेलते थे और किससे भी नहीं पूछे तो बाहर निकल जाते थे कहीं भी चले जाते थे she continued to stay in school with great difficulty in a poor household education of a girl child is always the first thing that is sacrificed hi i am padma priya editor of suno india and host of pinja totkar This podcast is conceived and produced by Kothes Andram Hyderabad with the support of Suno India and Bol Hyderabad. In this episode we talk about how educating a girl child is one of the ways towards empowerment and to help them become independent. While many of us who are listening to this episode may have taken access to education as a given for many in India it still remains a luxury According to UNICEF more than 50% of girls fail to enter in school and those that do are likely to drop out by the age of 12 Statistics also reveal that 27% of girls in India are married before their 18th birthday and 53% of girls in the age group of 5 to 9 are illiterate In this episode I sat down with Neha and Afreen who work at Shaheen who told me about their attempts to be educated to secure their future. You will also hear from noted child rights activist Dr. Shanta Sinha, founder secretary of MB Foundation and Padma Shri awardee. Neha's story began when she was barely 11 years old and in her 6th standard. Like others in her community Neha too was forced to drop out of school so that she could be married at an early age. मैं पहले स्कूल से सिक्स क्लास में थी मैं हमारे घर में ड्रॉप कर दिए थे स्कूल स्कूल ड्रॉप होने के बाद मैं बोली घर में बैठ के क्या करूं मैं कुछ स्किल्स तो भी सीख लेती हूं शाइन हम लोग के घर के पास ही था शाइन सेंटर तो मैं मेहंदी सीखने के लिए आई थी मेहंदी सीखे उसके साथ साथ यहाँ पर जो ट्रेनिंग्स होते थे एजुकेशन पे और चाइल्ड मैरिज पे वो सब मेरे को मालूम हुआ तो मेरा एजुकेशन ड्रॉप हो गया था मैं यहाँ शाइन से आने के बाद मेरा एजुकेशन कंटिन्यू करी मैं ओपन से टेंथ का एग्जाम थी और मैं हमारे घर में कितने की बार दो तीन बार तो भी मैं चाइल्ड मैरिज करा देना मतलब घर में सब लोग समझ लिए थे चाइल्ड मैरिज करना मैं उन लोगों को घर में समझाई चाइल्ड मैरिज नहीं करना चाइल्ड मैरिज करना तो मतलब लड़की की उम्र कम रहती है उसको उसके पास एजुकेशन नहीं है उसके पास कुछ तरीका नहीं रहता अभी वो बहुत छोटी रहती है उसकी खेलने कूदने की उम्र रहती 
और हम लोग के पास जेंडर डिस्क्रिमिनेशन भी बहुत होता था वो इसके बारे में भी समझाई में डिस्क्रिमिनेशन नहीं करना लड़की लड़का दोनों बराबर है अगर लड़के को पढ़ा रहे तो लड़की को भी पढ़ाना चाहिए और लड़कों को तो बगैर पूछे बाहर भेज देते कहीं भी जाना है तो भेजते शॉपिंग पे भेजते लेकिन लड़कियों को नहीं भेजते मैं हम लोग के घर में वो सब सब डिस्क्रिमिनेशन खत्म करी दिस कॉन्फिडेंस टू टेक ऑन द डिस्क्रिमिनेशन डिट डेवलप ओवर नाइट इन आपने खत्म किया कितना टाइम लगा आपको अपने सात भाइयों को पापा का सबको समझाने में बहुत टाइम लगा पहले तो बोलते थे ये सब ऐसे बातें कान से सीख रहे तुम कान तो भी कौन सिखा रहे तुम्हारे ये बातें गलत है ऐसा बोलते थे लेकिन मैं हार नहीं मानी हमेशा उन को रोज समझाते गई तो आपको ये कहाँ से आया कि मुझे करना ही है अभी पढ़ाई खत्म करना ही है मुझे शादी नहीं करना है कहाँ से सीखा ये सब आपने शाइन में बताते हिम्मत दिलाते अपन को आगे पढ़ना और अपने पैरों पे ठहरना कभी डर नहीं लगा आपको इतने सारे भाइयों को और पापा को पहले को... लगता था अब नहीं लगा अभी नहीं लगता अभी क्या बोलते हैं पापा और घर में सब भाई लोग क्या बोलते हैं अभी अब बोलते जहाँ तक पढ़ना है पढ़ो बोलते बोलते है अभी अभी आपने कहाँ तक पढ़ा है मेरा टेंथ में एक पेपर रुक गया था टेंथ अच्छा। वो पेपर दिए अब आगे कंटिन्यू करना क्या करना है आपको आगे मैं को डॉक्टर बनना है नेहा स्टोरी ऑफ फाइटिंग अगेंस्ट ऑल ऑड्स एंड एंश्योरिंग शी डिडंट बिकम अ विक्टिम ऑफ अ सरकमस्टेंसेस एंड अनदर नंबर इन द नेवर एंडिंग सोशल इवल ऑफ चाइल्ड मैरिज इज यूनिक एंड इज अमंग दोस व्हिच हैज अ हैप्पी एंडिंग बट नॉट एवरी चाइल्ड इज सो लकी डॉक्टर शांता सिन्हा हैज बीन एन आर्डेंट सपोर्टर ऑफ चाइल्ड राइट्स It was in 1991 that she first came face to face with gaps in child rights including challenges in access to education for girl child. We spoke about what factors lead to child marriage, the law surrounding it and how lack of schools is actually a big factor for child marriages. The last uh, decade or uh, two decades we have been able to reach out to Uh, some uh, hundreds and thousands of children and got over a million children from out of work and into schools all children out of school should be seen as child labor that's how we began and i think we have pioneered the definition of child labor as being all children out of school right now we are working on the issue of adolescent girls on the issue of child marriage gender discrimination gender violence sexual abuse because when we put took a put a 1 million children into school we found that girls not usually dropped out boys while boys continued till they finished higher education so in the last some 6 uh, or 7 years we decided to focus on girl children and are learning a lot about the challenges girls face in surviving in the society with dignity in surviving in the education system and in combating uh, patriarchy and gender violence right um ma'am like you just mentioned ch- children especially girls also seem to drop out of school also because of the issue of child marriage um the recent data by unicef also shows that in terms of absolute number india still remains one of the highest places where child marriage takes place mm-hmm. um could you give us a bit of insight into what are some of the challenges facing India and us as a society in combating this social evil of child marriage. This is at several levels. I think I would first of all point out the issue of patriarchy, and from the time a girl is born, she is unwanted. 
uh, unwelcomed and uh, not celebrated at all. So, you know, she comes into a hostile uh, society and a hostile world and she faces this hostility all through her life. Not in such an explicit form, but certainly it is pervasive and it is quite subtle. She is made to do domestic work. She's prefer Boys are preferred over girls. She has to wait till everybody eats. All women have to wait till, till they get their turn. They do the domestic chores. They're constantly being daunted uh, for talking to boys or for going on to the public, to the bazaar alone. So in a way, she's been given a message that, look, we are here to control you. The family controls you, the school controls you, the society controls you, and you have to submit yourself. You can't question. So that form of gender and patriarchy, gender patriarchy, I would think is one important reason. The second reason I would think is that there are just not enough schools, you know. Now the statistics show that children somehow, girls and boys are able to uh, continue in schools till class 8. After which children are not in schools. Basically girls drop out very fast while boys go into private schools. The families are not willing to pay fees for the girls. And uh, they come up with an excuse that uh, there are not enough schools or the distance is just too large so the girls can't travel. But I think this is a double standard. Sometimes they walk six to seven kilometers to the next village to do agriculture work. Then they don't talk about distance or they're even trafficked uh, and sent out of the villages and sometimes even out of the country. Then the distance doesn't come and they don't talk about uh, distance. Somewhere I think the argument of keeping the child, the girls, under control keeps them out of school. Or they say it's unsafe for a girl. It's insecure for a girl. She cannot go out. But is it not unsafe for her to go into cotton seed farm, uh, travel some hundred kilometers? Why is it that such arguments are not made then? You know, but then you make this issue of safety and security when a girl has to go just five kilometers to a high school. So I would think that the argument of safety and security, argument of uh, restricting mobility on the girls in the name of safety and security is an argument to control girls. And if the family so desired, then I think they would support a girl's education. But even the girl cannot fight because there are just not enough schools for her to say, no, no, I will go and study. If she even embarks on the journey for study, where are the schools? Where are the schools that are gender sensitive? So I would think of it as patriarchy, gender violence, lack of schools, arguments of safety and security that control girls. These are some of the issues that are serious issues and that keeps children, girls, from dropping out into submission. What do you think about the existing child marriage laws? Do you think that they are strong enough? Child Marriage Act does not annul child marriage totally, right? You can stop a marriage using a child marriage act. If there's a child marriage prohibition officer who can come and stop the marriage, 
criminalize all those who have aided and abetted the marriage. But once he is unable to stop the marriage, the marriage gets consummated. And the girl is from then onwards a victim of all kinds of abuse, uh, sexual abuse, violence, domestic work, uh, and uh, insults, humiliation, daunting, you know, uh, so she's really uh, has no mind. Nobody thinks she can have a mind of her own. So I would think that the child marriage uh, act is flawed because it does not make child marriage totally void. Under the law, the girl will have to sort of exercise agency if she's under 18 years of age to say that I do not want to get married go to the district magistrate to get her marriage annulled. Even adult women are not able to yeah. uh, do that. How would you imagine a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old girl to get support from the family or from anyone reach to the child uh, district magistrate and ask for annulment? I would think that it is totally flawed. The other reason why I think it is flawed is it does not give the responsibility, any kind of responsibility to the state to protect the girl. You talked about prevention. There's nothing of that sort. And there is nothing of that sort that even when it is say annulled, the responsibility to take care of the child is of the marital family to maintain her or the natal family. This is what happens when there is a woman, adult woman, when she asks, seeks a divorce. But here, both families are poor and this girl is still a child. Somewhere the state should take the responsibility for rescuing her, for rehabilitating her, for giving her education. And the state is nowhere in the picture of the Child Marriage Act. So I think it is totally flawed. And I believe very strongly that child marriage should be nullified and there shall not be no excuses of tradition, culture, poverty, whatever. State has to take responsibility for the child and do its best for her uh, present and future. Do you know of any countries which have actually um, implemented the child marriage prevention? I mean, do they have any other countries which are, you know, which have succeeded in sort of combating um, child marriage? It has been, it is a known fact that if you have a child, a girl child in an education stream where, whether she's in school or whether she's in a vocational training institution where she's protected till she's 18 years of age, that is the best antidote to child marriage. It, it, that's happened. It's not so much the Child Marriage Act as much the presence of a girl in a school where she can aspire for education and using her aspiration for education has a sound footing to combat the pressures of marriage. She can say that, look, I want to study. I want to do higher education. I want to go beyond higher education. So without education, she's more vulnerable. She's in a labor force. In spite of the fact that there is a child marriage act, there has never been as much success for the girl to resist the pressure of marriage. Being married early as a child doesn't give an option for a girl or a boy to grow, educate, become decisive and independent. Afreen's story gives us a glimpse into how education comes to the rescue of women, especially at the most vulnerable times. 
Afreen is 35 years old and hails from Hyderabad. She lost her father at a very young age. Raising her as a single parent, her mother laid a lot of emphasis on education and ensured that Afreen completed her bachelor's in physiotherapy. And after that I got married. मैरिड करने के लिए तो हमारे जो आंटीज वगैरह एवरी वन फैमिली मेम्बर्स दे टोल दैट शी इज़ नॉट हैविंग फादर तो उसको जल्दी शादी करो जल्दी शादी करो यू कान टेक टाइम एज विल गो ऑन वॉट इज़ दिस लॉन्ग टर्म एजुकेशन यू हैव टेकन क्योंकि आई हैव कम्प्लीटेड माई बैचलर ऑफ फिजियोथेरापी इट वॉज फाइव ईयर्स सो दे फोर्स एंड डू एवरी थिंग दैन मम्मा के कोई फ्रेंड थे उन्होंने बोले नहीं कर देना चाहिए जैसा भी आया कर देना लाइफ सेट हो जाती Afreen then received a proposal from a man who was based in Australia. She was told that he hails from a well-to-do family and that she could pursue her career post-marriage. However, after her marriage, she found out all this was untrue. They were totally fake. कुछ नहीं था ऐसा. After marriage में को पता चला कि उसकी education भी जो PG बताई थी IT में, he was B.Com. and uh, he was doing the waiter's job in the hotels in australia it's two years mein he returned back to wo kuch bhi nahi kara aur he make me sit in the house only matlab like uh, you you i it will take time it will take time to go to australia the procedure is going on going on going on it has take nearly 8 months that that time i was pregnant i have got everything else then um, after that i was totally confused what to do what to do what to do then uh, in the month of 7th year month of pregnancy we have to go to our mother house so they decided ki uh, uh, at that time my mother financial economically was not good matlab kuch samajh nahi aa raha tha what to do before marriage i was working in hospital and i'm doing i was well settled but after marriage puri blind my life was totally stuck in four rooms matlab four char diwari ki उसमें हो गया तो आए मैं फिर उसके बाद जो है सो वहाँ पर जाके मेरी मामी से पूरे शेयर करी स्टोरी आफरीन आंट बेस्ड इन यूएस गेव अ कॉन्फिडेंस एंड अ लॉट ऑफ फूड फॉर थॉट ऑन व्हाट टू डू नेक्स्ट शी सेज सी स्पेंड मेनी अ स्लीपलेस नाइट्स आफ्टर दैट कॉन्वर्जेशन एंड इट वाज शेयर प्रोविडेंस दैट गॉट अ कनेक्टेड टू शाहीन मैं रात में सोई नहीं परेशान रही देन मॉर्निंग फाइव ओ आई वॉज वो प्रेयर के लिए उठते फिर आप फाइव से मैं जगना नींद नहीं आ रही थी वॉट टू डू इन लाइफ दैन मैं बोली एन जी ओ जब यू एस में होंगे तो इंडिया में भी होंगे कहीं ना कहीं तो वेड आई टू ट्राई इन नेट तो नेट पर सर्च करी मैं सर्च करी तो आई गॉट शाहीन ने शाहीन का पता चला देन आई टोल दैट कॉल करके क्योंकि इकोनॉमिकली आई डोंट हैव एनी थिंग एट दैट टाइम सो आई टोल दैट आई डोंट हैव एनी मनी You guys will take money from me or do my work. What you want? They, they told that no, we won't take any money. We will do first. You come to our office. We will discuss the matter. Then we will further know hmm. do whatever we want to do. At that time, I was eight months pregnant. So I at that situation only I have gone there and discuss. Uh, at that time, ma'am was there. Jamina Nishad, ma'am. She told me that. ऐसा ऐसा है देन आफ्टर डिलीवरी यू डिसाइड सून आफ्टर हर डिलीवरी आफरीन हैड अ फॉल आउट विद हर हस्बैंड एंड गॉट लीगली सेपरेटेड हर हस्बैंड आल्सो रिफ्यूज्ड टू टेक एनी रिस्पांसिबिलिटी ऑफ द चाइल्ड शी टोल्ड मी सिंस देन शी हैज वन फुल कस्टडी ऑफ हर चाइल्ड इट वाज शाहीन व्हिच हेल्प्ड हर थ्रू दिस टफ टाइम शी टेल्स शाहीन ने तो मेरे को बहुत हेल्प किया क्योंकि एक तो मेरे को जो है सो 
میرے ہسبینڈ کی مطلب ریئل فیس جو بتانا ہے وہ بتایا کہ وہ آدمی کیا چاہ رہا ہے واٹ ہی وہ لوگ کاؤنسلنگ میں اسی لیے میرے کو رکھے دیٹ یو کین اسٹڈی دس مین ایٹ لیسٹ یو ریئلائز اور تمہاری ریسپانسبلٹی آگے بڑھیں گی وہ کریں گی وہ تو وہ پہلے ہی سمجھا چکے تھے میرے کو پر وہ لوگ نے مجھے وہاں پولیس اسٹیشن میں جانے میں وہاں پر ہیلپ کیا پھر سپریشن کے ٹائم پہ بھی ہیلپ کیا پھر میرا بھی پورا ریکارڈ ایوری تھنگ کھولا پیپرس اینڈ ایوری تھنگ اٹس وچ شائن اینڈ ناؤ آلسو آفٹر ایوری سکس منتھ اور ٹو تھری منتھ دے ول کال اینڈ آس می ہاؤ آر یو ویدر یو آر فائن اور ناٹ ابھی آپ کیا کرتے ہو فزیوتھراپی کا ہے نو آفرین ورکس ایز اے فزیوتھراپسٹ ایٹ اے لوکل ہاسپٹل اینڈ ارنس انف ٹو سپورٹ ہر مدر ہر چائلڈ اینڈ آلسو ہر بردرس فیملی شی ایسپائر ٹو اسٹارٹ اور اون کلینک جیسے آپ کے کیس میں بہت کلیئرلی دکھ رہا ہے آپ نے ایجوکیشن پورا کیا آپ کے پاس کیریئر کا ایک آپشن تھا تو اس لیے بھی آپ یہ اسٹیپ تھوڑا کانفیڈنٹلی لے سکی تو جن لڑکیوں کو یا عورتوں کو ایسے ایجوکیشن نہیں کر پا رہے ہیں یا بیچ میں ڈراپ آؤٹ ہو رہے ہونا پڑ رہا ہے ان لوگوں کو آپ کیا بتانا چاہ رہے میں بس یہی بولتی ہوں سیلف کانفیڈینٹ بہت زیادہ امپورٹینٹ ہے آپ اپنا کیا بولتے آتما وشواس جو رہتا اس پہ اٹل رہے اور آگے بڑھنے کی چاہ ہے آپ میں تو آپ کو کوئی نہیں روک سکتا آفرین اسٹوری آف ریزلینس کپل وتھ سیلف کانفیڈینس گیون بائی ایجوکیشن میں سیم سمپل بٹ فار ہر اٹ واز لائف چینجنگ انادر انڈر لائنگ پرابلم فیسنگ گرلس اینڈ بوائز لائک از پیٹری آکیز از ڈاکٹر شانتا سنہا ہو بلیو دیر از این ارجنٹ نیڈ ٹو ایجوکیٹ چلڈرن اباؤٹ واٹ پیٹری آکی از اینڈ واٹ جینڈر ڈسکریمنیشن از She says, doing so would eliminate a lot of the struggles faced by children, especially adolescent children. There has to be a partnership between the civil society and government. These kinds of profound issues have to be dealt with uh, in a partnership and from the ground. In schools, we form gender committees where boys and girls are part of the gender committees and they are being oriented on what patriarchy is about, on gender discrimination is about. And when a girl isn't coming to school regularly, then this gender committee of boys and girls go to the family and find out why she has not been able to come. Then, of course, the issues of her discrimination comes out. Somebody is not well and the boy is going to college, but the girl is asked to stay back to take care. Or the girl's health is bad because of menstrual issues. Or the girl is being forced to get married and so she's been asked to get back. Uh, so these girls and boys visit the family, talk to the parents. They're young girls and boys, you know, but 12 years, 13 year olds. They come back and tell the school teacher that this is what is happening. Or there are some girls who have been, sex- there's a sexual harassment, you know, stalking that happens. So they put it before the gender committee. And they said, look, I have been stalked by this uh, person. And then the teacher counsels them and tells them how, some, uh, how to tackle it. Or sometimes the teacher doesn't even know how to do and tells the girls that you do it yourself. Girls have, crea- have got the courage to surround the boy and ask him, why are you doing this? Do you know it will stop me from coming to school regularly? To look at his face and talk to him. So, you know, these things are happening. More importantly, what is happening is talking to boys about masculinity and girls about discrimination. Usually when one talks about girls and discrimination, one addresses only girls. We're talking to both boys and girls and it is helping a lot. Now they're doing sports together. There is no more gender division within the classroom. They're sharing the same table. 
So we are getting the teachers aware that look, you are now discriminating. All we recorded some twenty practices of gender discrimination within the school itself between girls and boys. The games boys played, and in a public function, say August fifteenth, the boys hoisting the flag, and not the girl. The, or organizing a function, sports. Boys are organizing and girls are spectators. So we said all these forms of discrimination must go. One has to start from young, you know. And if you invest in it for for one whole generation, I think some transformation can be seen. Schools can become a very effective institution for building new cultures. um having worked in this in this space for so many years i mean how do you feel about the future of all these issues going forward do you think we are making those steps forward do you think we have made those strides as someone who is like working from ground up you see if you are not hopeful you won't even get into the business of wanting to change so we are all compulsive optimists we all live on hope and anchor on what we have gained rather than look at things not happening so i think things will change and change for the better at least we are having a discussion and i'm sure voices of girls will be heard and they will impact state and national policies thank you for listening to this episode of pinjra thodkar this podcast is conceived and produced by gotesandram hyderabad with the support of suno india and bol hyderabad You can listen to all episodes of Pinjra Thodkar on our website sunoindia.in or any podcasting app of your choice. This podcast is also available on Gothi Centrum and Bol Hyderabad websites. Oh, oh, oh.